Good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of the Biblical Resolutions Podcast, brought to you by the House of Jacob Bible Study Class, located at 2515 East 75th Street in Chicago, Illinois. And today we are joined by Brother Ahissamak, Brother Beniah, and Brother Franco. And today we're going to deal with a topic, and it's called Weaken the Flesh, Strengthen the Spirit. Also, Weaken the Spirit, Strengthen the Flesh. Because these two things, these two aspects of being a servant of God, the the, the spiritual mind and the fleshly mind are two are two separate uh, ways of thinking. They are two separate ways of thinking. You either going to think on the spiritual level or you're going to think in the in the fleshly state of mind. But these are two contrary things and you cannot be in both of them at the same time. They cannot coexist together. If we deal with fleshly things or the lust of the flesh or that carnal mind, we actually weaken the strength that that spiritual mind and that and that spiritual uh, uh, influence has. We weaken that and vice versa. When you start to put off the flesh, put off the carnal mind, put off the lust of the flesh, then you strengthen that spiritual influence but they cannot coexist together. And so that's going to lead me to uh, the first scripture I want to start off with. Uh, We're going to start it off at Galatians 5, and we're going to pick it up at verse 16. Galatians 5 and verse 16. Brother brother Benai, you want to read that? No problem. Galatians 5 and 16. This I say then, Walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are uh-huh. contrary one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if you be so led, he said, that's that's good. So he said, look, that these are contrary one to the other. He said so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. And the last part of that verse is something that we really have to understand. He didn't say so that you can do anything that you want, that you can do anything that you would. It said so that you cannot do the things that you would. Because when these two minds are battling it out, you're going to have to decide which, which mind you're going to follow. The fleshly mind or the spiritual mind. But once you get in, once, once as a servant of God, once you involved in that struggle, then you're going to find out you can't do the things that you would because you have to always, uh, uh, check that, check that balance. I know if I'm going too far out, out to, to the right or to the left, dealing with fleshly things, carnal things, then that's affecting my thinking as a servant of God. It's going to eventually af- affect my actions as a servant of God. I'm going to start, my actions are going to start being not godly actions. My words are going to more and more start to not be godly words. My conversation is going to change. 
everything's gonna start to go south uh as far as the the, the spiritual mind once you let this fleshly mind sink in and, and you and, and you and you feeding it you feeding it with more and more fleshly lust and desires then you you destroying that spiritual mind so these two things are contrary they can't they can't you you can't feed one a little bit and feed the other one a little bit and jump back and forth eventually one of these minds is gonna win but if you're trying to serve god you can't you can't do the things that you would you're gonna have to hold your tongue you're gonna have to not take actions that you know that are not gonna be godly uh uh any brother anybody want to add to that no i actually had that scripture i'm sorry somebody wanted to go 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 ahead ahead, bro you got it okay okay you know i i had that scripture written down because that's a very important scripture to take a look at man because it 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 pinpoints where we're we're the the actual fight the actual fight the the whole entire the whole entire bible man is about this specific fight, about not doing the things that we necessarily may want to do, but doing the things that are going to lead to more life for not just yourself, for everyone that's around us too. Because when we do the things of the spirit, we teach others in the same time, just by just by doing, right? The, do, the doers, we're teaching others. And when you scroll down a little bit more on that scripture, it actually broke down some of those... Um, some of those characteristics of of the spirit and the flesh, and then maybe you can. Uh, um, I was already reading that, but if you wanted to pick it up at verse nineteen real quick, and we can take a look at some of these uh, some of these things that happen in the flesh, you know that uh, that are contrary to the spirit. Would you like to pick it up at nineteen? Not a problem. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these: adultery, fornication uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murderers, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I tell you before, as have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So right, right there, according to you know what we've been reading, Ob, and it's right there in the same scripture as you. It's not only is it important to to make sure that we're on the right side of this, but it's giving you a guideline of the things that you need to avoid in the flesh, and you know. So if it, the Bible does, you don't have to. We don't have to guess what to do. We have to follow directions. Simply follow directions, and it's better for everyone. And if you keep on reading a little bit, brother Allen, um, start off verse twenty-two. It gives us some of that spiritual work right there. Go ahead, from twenty-two, verse twenty-two. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness. Against such there is no law. Against us there is no law. There's nothing. There's nothing. 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 The Sabbath day doesn't get get into being gentle. It doesn't get in the way of being gentle with people. The dietary law doesn't get in the way of having long suffering with people. There's no law that is made that should keep us from showing this fruit of the spirit. So you're absolutely right there. And I just wanted to take it a little bit further in the same scripture because I, I had that in mind to do that. You know, it gives us a guideline and an outline of what that fight between the spirit and the flesh looks like as well. I actually have a scripture to add that's going to, you know, kind of finish this up 
too, because I, I, I kind of knew that, you know, this is probably one of the places that, that we would um, go and we would start. Um, and it's, it's, it just fell into places that this is where it started. But uh, if you can, you know, uh, Benea, if you can, man, can you read uh, uh, verse 24? Verse 24. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. And I think that's probably one of the keys that we, you know, we really kind of uh, need to look at going, you know, in this thing. It's it's certain stuff that, um, you know, once you kind of lock into saying, I want to be a servant of God, you, you start to crucify the, the flesh. Um, and it's a process being that our whole lives we've seen contrary. Uh, and it's a process of learning how to be a servant how to be a profitable servant. Uh, it takes time. Uh, and I think that, you know, that's one of the main goals that we are trying to achieve. How do we be a, a servant? How do we be a better servant? How do, as I get through these problems, how do I face the other problems that I have on this walk towards eternal life? Um, it's a, it's a challenge, but you know, they that are Christ, they crucify the flesh. They look at it and say, man, this, this ain't going to be here forever. Uh, it's a total different approach that they have. And uh, as we get further into this uh, conversation in this podcast, we'll see those things. Um, absolutely. Um, if I can, let's go to um, 2 Corinthians 12 and pick it up at verse 7. Because a lot of times, you know, a lot of times, you know, when the Lord deliver you, he delivers you out of some kind of distress, right? If you ain't in distress, then you you don't, you know, you don't necessarily need to be delivered per se. But the Lord shows his he shows his power. He shows his grace, his 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 ability to uh, deliver you, you know, by sometimes allowing you to be in a, a situation mm -hmm. so that you can understand when he delivers you, then you understand, you see that he's there and you understand, you perceive that he is the one that delivered you and you didn't deliver yourself. But at other times, sometimes the Lord will suffer things upon you and you don't understand why you don't know. You might, you might even pray that, you know, Lord, Hey, uh, take this burden off me and, and it don't go nowhere. And some people think that, and they get, get in their head that's, you know, that, hey, it ain't no God because, hey, you know, why when I prayed to God, he didn't take this off me. But sometimes it's on you for a reason. Sometimes being in uh, a certain kind of affliction or having a certain burden on you actually makes you a better, a, a stronger servant. And this is what Paul is, this this is what Paul is going to talk about here in, uh, Second Corinthians 12 and uh, Brother Hissamak, if you could pick that up at Second uh, Corinthians 12 and 7. Okay, yes, sir. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. So, you know, the Lord did great works through Paul. Mm -hmm. 
he did a lot of works, a lot of great works through Paul. He showed his power through uh, through Paul when he was uh, doing his ministry. Mm -hmm. But some, but still, you have to understand that Paul is still a man, mm -hmm. and no matter how great works, great uh, great works that he did, or even other servants of God, you know, hey. Paul said, look, lest I should be exalted above measure. Hey, this thorn was sent him in the flesh. Why? Because now you seeing, hey, that he that he 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 is a man. He he is just a flesh and blood man. You know, because sometimes men, sometimes men put other other, other men on the pedestals and make them gods. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, they used to do that, you know, all through history, you know, the 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 Pharaoh. Or, or, you know, the Caesar in the days of the, of the Roman Empire, the emperors and all of that, you know, they would uh, proclaim themselves to be gods or the people would make them out to be gods. Mm -hmm. You see it today with, with sports figures. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. People call him Michael Jordan, the black Jesus, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. And, you know, just, I mean, which don't even make sense, but. It's 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 taking these these people that we call icons and idols and and exalting them above measure, making it like they're some kind of god. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But Paul said, lest lest that should happen to him, he was sent this thorn in the flesh. Uh, verse eight. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me, and he said. So whatever this, that's good. So whatever this physical affliction is. He's asking. He's asking the Lord to take it off of him. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, brother. Verse nine. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee. So the Lord didn't take it off of him. Mm -hmm. Did that mean did that mean Paul wasn't a servant? No. Did that mean that God was you know, uh, necessarily punishing him because he, he did something he shouldn't have did. No, it's just the fact that the Lord wasn't going to do it mm -hmm. for whatever the reason was. Hey, Paul, Paul was truly a servant. He was the apostle to the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. But when he asked for it to be to, for that affliction to depart from him, the Lord said, Hey, my grace is sufficient for thee. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's how you we have to deal with the fact that hey, his grace is sufficient. Mm -hmm. He ain't he, he's not gonna he, he he's not gonna deliver you from this affliction. Mm -hmm. He's not gonna take this burden off of you. You just gonna have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. But we understand that as long as as long as the grace of God is with you, he gonna he gonna he gonna make sure that you gonna be okay. Mm -hmm. But he said. Uh, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So even though Paul's weakness, this was a, a, a fleshly weakness. This was a physical affliction. But he said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. So sometimes that physical affliction you got actually brings out that 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 servant of God even more, brings out that spiritual man even more. Mm -hmm. All that potential. Through, yeah. through your affliction, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, uh, continue that verse, brother. The middle of verse nine. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in mine infirmities, 
that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Uh-huh. Therefore, I pleasure in affirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, see, now listen, Paul was uh, 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 Paul was a true servant of God. He say, look, I take pleasure in infirmities, mm-hmm. in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses. He's 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 taking pleasure in these things. He said, for Christ's sake, mm-hmm. he says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Mm-hmm. But man, we don't think like that. Mm-hmm. Any any kind of affliction, any kind of necessity that come on you. Uh, you know, hey, a lot of times we faint or we we ready to we, we ready to we ready to panic because we don't want to take afflictions, mm-hmm. persecutions. We we don't want to deal with those things. But Paul is letting you know, he said, but hey, when I'm weak, then I am strong. When that when that when that flesh is being afflicted or that fleshly mind, those things that we desire, when those things uh uh are not coming to you. If you are serving the guy, you you pull closer to God mm-hmm. because you you immediately say, "Well, look, things ain't necessarily going right, or I'm going through some kind of affliction." You know, let let me make sure I'm right with my God. So it it, it draws you closer to Him. It draws you further away from that fleshly mindset, and, and, and draws you closer to to operating in that spiritual mind. And that is and that is how sometimes, you know, these these afflictions, this is how they work sometimes. And if listen, if if, if he didn't want to if if he wouldn't take this off of Paul, then then who is who are we? <laughs> right. Nobody. No, we, you know, he he came to Paul. He, he he appeared to Paul in his strength to the point where he blinded him. He 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 came to him. Personally, and and it told him, "Hey, man, you know why you persecute me? You know, so hey, he he ain't never came to us like like he came to Paul. Mm-hmm. So if, if if Paul had if Paul had to suffer them afflictions, then everybody else, hey, we we all we all fair game. It it, it ain't no it ain't no difference. Mm-hmm. We all have to deal with it, but we got to understand that sometimes those." Those fleshly persecutions and afflictions and necessities are keeping you in line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They keeping you. They keeping you leaning more to that spiritual mindset instead of drawing you away. Mm-hmm. Any anybody got something to add to? Oh, Franco, Franco, you got something to add. Yes, Go ahead, brother. Uh, you know, um, exactly what you said, man, that that in his weakness, you know, in in his, the weakness of the flesh, the 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 spirit becomes strong if if you're leaning on on the most high. And that's why, you know, the most high said, because his grace is sufficient for him. I wanted to pick it up right there on first Peter, though, if we can shoot over to first Peter, chapter five. And this looked like it belonged in the same chapter. I'm telling you, could have came right after it, man. First Peter, chapter five. Because there's a method to this. There's there's a way to go about it, it, you know, and a mind frame to have when you're trying to accomplish that. When you're trying to when you're trying to do right and you're trying to humble the flesh, then there's a way to go about it if you want to find yourself in that grace of God where it eases the burden. So first Peter uh five, uh Ahisamak, if you could pick it up at verse six, 
That'll be uh, appreciated. Okay, First yes, Peter five and six. Yes, sir. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. So first we got to humble ourselves. Keep going. Casting all your care upon him, for he cared for you. So first we got we to gotta leave it to him. We got all our cares. Everything that, that, all of that, you know, I don't want this to hurt. I don't want this to be hard. I don't want this to be difficult. I don't, I'm tired of, of this, you know, uh, being sad about this situation or whatever. You got to cast all that. You got to give it to him. You got to trust him. And then he said, why? Because he care about us. He care about us. It's not just because he's just trying to help you out right now. You know, or, you know, I'm going to go ahead and do you a favor. No, he care about it. He want, he want more for us that anybody in the fest can possibly understand and even comprehend, you know? But keep going. Pick it up at verse 8. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's somebody in the way that's trying to enable this pain and, and trying to throw you off. Keep going. Who resisted steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So having this mind frame that we really got to get out of ourselves, we really got to get out of our flesh. We really got to understand that when, when we look at the Bible and we look at the situations and the people and the prophets and the disciples in the Bible and the things that they go through, man, John, John the Baptist got beheaded, man. The Most High got crucified, man. I mean, the, the things that they went through, we really got to get out of our body, you know, and, and, and humble ourselves to the little bit of discomfort that sometimes we may have, you know, because we really put it in perspective it's nothing man we need to be quiet and humble ourselves you know because there's many people in the world that have gone through way worse and i know everybody don't always want to hear about somebody in the worst situation but it's something that we need to hear about when you ain't got something somebody got less when something hurt somebody hurting more you know i got my parents here i got this i got a place to live i got i gotta think about the things that i do have and and this affliction should be looked at as a light thing but keep going one more uh, pick it up at verse 10 verse 10 but the god of all grace whom have called us unto his eternal glory by christ jesus after that ye have suffered a while make you perfect establish strengthen settle you Okay, so there's a purpose to this. This, you know, it's not just in vain. He don't do nothing in vain. There's no vain glory in God. So when when you we're going through something and we're trying to work this out, we're trying to seek salvation. We're trying to live. And we're trying to live abundantly in the spirit. And we're going to have to go through things because we have to be purged. And, but it's not for nothing. He's going to He's gonna make us perfect. We practice until he makes us perfect. you know. And then he's going to establish us. He's going to strengthen us. And he's going to settle us. When we're done going through this tribulation, when we're done fighting the flesh and leaving it to the spirit, when we're done and, 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 and his grace becomes sufficient, when we recognize that that grace is a fit where we recognize, you know what? You love me and you care about me. And I have to go through this because that, because you love me and care about me. When, we, when that clicks in, then the burden gets lifted because we know we just have to change our mind frame and say, okay, now I got to get through this. I'm not stop complaining about it and get through this because when I'm done with this, he's going to perfect me. I'm going, he's going to strengthen me in this process. He's, I'm going to be on top of the mountain when it's all over with. So it's something that I wanted to add it, man, because I felt they went right in line with, with the scripture that you just posted right there. Mm -hmm. 
Brother, yeah, brother Benaiah, you got anything? Yeah, dealing with just, uh, if we could go to Romans 7. If we could go to Romans 7. And pick it up at verse 14. Romans 7 and verse 14. Should I go ahead and read? I don't mind. I'll go ahead, Franco. All right. 7 and 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Carnal, that just means fleshly. That just means physical. So we know that the law is spiritual, but what I am is physical. It's carnal. It's fleshly. Go ahead. For that which I do, I allow not. So the things oh. that I want to do, I don't allow. Go ahead. For what I would, that do I not. So there are certain things that Paul wants to do, but for some reason he does not do them. Go ahead. But what I hate, that I do. So there are things that he does not like to do that he does do. But he said that he, this is because he is carnal. But the law of God and the things that God tell us to do are spiritual. So he's talking about the things dealing with the flesh and him going against the flesh and the things that he do that are still of the flesh. Go ahead. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. So if in his flesh he's doing things that he doesn't want to do, he's letting you know that that flesh is not right, but the law of God is what is right. Verse mm -hmm. 17. Mm -hmm. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Why does he say sin that dwelleth in me? Go ahead. But I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. So well, in his flesh, and this whole thing is about uh, going against the flesh, whether you're going to feed the flesh or whether you're going to feed the spirit. That's the whole direction of this conversation today. Are we going to feed the flesh or are we going to feed the spirit? Well, in our flesh, it dwelleth no good thing. There's nothing good in me that deals with the flesh. Go ahead. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. So how to perform the things that he wants to do, he can't find. But this is just laying the basis. This is also adding to the foundation that when you're dealing with your flesh, if you're feeding your flesh, if you're doing the things of the flesh, it's not something that, that's actually good or something that's godly. Let's run to Proverbs 23. Because this is going to give you some insight on some things that are fleshly and Solomon, the Proverbs of Solomon, it gives you, it tells you what happens when you do feed these things that are fleshly. And this is just on a regular physical level. We, we're not even getting into the spiritual ramifications that come with just feeding the flesh. But when you feed in the flesh, let's see what, uh, what happens. Let's go to Proverbs 23. And Brother Franco, can you pick it up at verse 19? 23 and 19. Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. Uh -huh. be, not, be not among wine bibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh. 
So there's some but people the, who like there's some people who like wine, there's some people who like weed, there's some people who like whatever. But it's telling you be not among wine bibbers, people who just overindulge and who are riotous eaters of flesh, always partying, drinking, and eating. Go ahead. For the drunkard and the glutton shall not come to poverty. Shall, shall come, come to poverty. Shall come to poverty. I'm sorry about that. I'll start from the top. For the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty. And drowsiness shall cloud a man with rags. So the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty. If you always drinking, always eating, always partying, the word of God tells you, you shall come to poverty. If you always drowsy, always got to take a nap, always like, all right, I'll do it later. Let me get some sleep right now. Drowsiness. It shall clothes a man with rags. But these are all items that go with feeding your flesh. And that's on the most basic level of feeding your flesh. We talking about just what you eat, what you drink, what you uh, whatever you're indulging in physically. We ain't even gotten into fornication because that has a whole nother ramification. Our adulteries, but these are things that deal with feeding the flesh. And when you feed in the flesh, we see these basic things will break you down just just on a regular social level. And we ain't even really gotten to all the spiritual ramifications that feed in the flesh can have. And we can get into that. Anybody else have something uh, uh, we can talk about those spiritual ramifications that come with just feed in the flesh? Yeah, brother, brother, uh, brother, uh, Ahissamak. Yeah, I uh, got a scripture. Yeah, definitely, man. I, I, I really can see all that. But. I'm going to tie it in to a, a, a different aspect on this, this whole conversation and topic it is, and to really start to transition. I can see in the book, when we look at they walk and we look at the experiences they had, they was invested different. They had different investment. And I'm, I'm going to read two real quick scriptures. One is in Hebrews, the 11th chapter. And this is the faith chapter. Everybody knows the faith chapter. Um, but in here, it got something totally different in here that's going to, that, you know, it, it popped. It stands out. And I can kind of see how this is um, a different aspect to them uh, versus to other people. Uh, it's Hebrews, the 11th chapter, and it's um, just one verse. Uh, uh, verse 13 um, Brother Obi if you can read that for me Okay These all died in faith Not having received the promises But having seen them afar off And were persuaded of them And embraced them And confessed that they were strangers And pilgrims on the earth And that's what's key Paul knew he was a stranger and he was a pilgrim. That this was going to pass away. Their investments was in bigger things. It was in the kingdom that was going to come. That wasn't going to end. That they was going to dwell in peace. That they was going to be around righteousness. That they was going to be exactly. around their Lord. That's how their exactly. existence was different. That's the key right. to their walk. That's the key to their mindset. That's the key to their success or the key to their failure. That was the key. That is the key. It's above. Because that was their life. That was their life. They didn't have 
That was their whole. Yeah, we you know we we got you know we we got all our little individual things that we trying to juggle mm-hmm. with serving God, but 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 they whole life was thus say the Lord. Thus say the Lord. Nothing else. It's their whole life, and and, and I can see how they walk. Just like you were saying, brother Obadiah, we got other stuff we juggle. They understood in their mind, man, that I'm 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 all in. I ain't got no plan B. Ain't no other option for me. When I look at even this, and we know that this is the 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 faith chapter, you look at all these works that these people did, and I'm like, man, I, they understood that, man. This is temporary. You know what I'm saying? It's it's I'm a stranger and I'm a pilgrim here. This ain't gonna be around forever. You know what I'm saying? And I think that is the biggest key for them locking in into a deeper walk, into a deeper uh, connection with the Lord God, into going out there and being fruitful, not only in their own lives, but in the lives for others. Uh, you got to really lock into that. And uh, one other scripture that we can go to real quick. It's First um, Peter. First Peter uh, chapter two. First Peter chapter two. And uh, it's, it's, it's verse 11. Uh, brother Benet, if you can get, get that for me, brother. First Peter 2 and 11. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. And that's having it. a conversation on it. The moment I'm sorry, brother. That, that verse 11 is, is good. I appreciate it. But that's it. That's what they understood. That they was a strange and a pilgrim here. That puts a lot, you know, you, when we hear that, just to add to that, Brother Hissamek, when you hear that, you know, it puts in perspective how the Most High was always talking about, I'm not from this world, or, you know, and he literally wasn't. And But also that we are not of this world because that when your focus is getting into the kingdom, you just have to deal with it. We just have to bear with this world, you know, as long as you have to endure this world, you know, and it really does put it in perspective that we don't belong. This is not what we was created for. We weren't created to live this life. We have to get through this life to get to the life that we were created to live. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's what I, I started to, to see based. This is to me, this is an anchor for everybody we're going to read about in a book. This is an anchor for them. That's going to give they all to it. That's going to commit their whole lives to it. This is this was their anchor. You know what I'm saying? And as we grow and as we learn and as we become better uh, and stronger servants, uh, th- this is like, this is what I anchor myself to. That, man, my investment's got to be in forever. Mm-hmm. My, my investments can't be in nothing that's temporary. E- even though, you know, I got to live every day but my goal is this place that's going to come here and be. They got a different constitution, got different laws, got different ambassadors, got different everything. So my anchor is that I'm a, I'm a strange and I'm a pilgrim. Mm-hmm. That I'm going yeah, uh, brother Franco. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm going towards forever. And that's the goal. Yes, sir. Go ahead, brother. Yes, sir. Brother, uh, yeah, I ain't mean to cut you off, brother. Brother Franco, uh, brother Franco got he he got a scripture he wanna. Uh, yeah, share. you know, First Corinthians ten. First Corinthians ten, 
It just, you know, and it helps, man. These conversations definitely help because we're putting things in the proper perspective and the perspective that God has and we're supposed to be sharing so people can really get the impact of what's being said because a lot of people read past these scriptures and really just blow by them and don't really put a, a second thought to it or much thought to it. But when you really put them in the right frame of mind, then, they, you know, they, 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 they call for us to have to do something they call for us to have to make changes in our thought in our life and it comes with a change of mind first so uh first corinthians 10 and uh verse 13 uh brother benai if you can pick that up for me there have no temptation taken you but such as is common to man but god is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So in this flesh, man, that's good. I appreciate that, brother. So in this flesh, man, you know, there's there's a way around it, but we're going to have to bear it. We're going to have to bear it. We're going to have to go through the... We can't flip a switch and it's gone. It don't work like that. But that, you know, when the Lord apply that pressure, though, because that's really the Lord is allowing that pressure to, to be there. But that's what purges us. That's what purifies us. Going through these situations gets us in a mind frame to be obedient to God. And that cleanses us because once we get to that obedience, the unlocking starts happening. We start seeing things clearly. We start seeing the benefit of getting to what we got. And then we look back and say, you know, I'm glad I went through that because look at how I think now. Look at how I see things now. So when the situation comes about the next time, then we can say to ourselves, hey, I've been through this. The Lord has already shown me this. He's already helped me and, and, and guided me through a situation like this. So I'm going to go back to that. I'm going to put that mind frame on. I'm going to put Christ back on. I'm going to endure. I'm going to bear this. I know there's a battle coming ahead and it's going to come and it's always going to come. And we need to know this in, the, in a year from now, in a month from now, in five years from now, there's going to be things that are going to happen. I don't care how good we have it at work, how good we have it at home, how good we have it, how big our fridge is and all of the stuff that's, that's, that's a tangible, all of the fleshly things that we need in this life or that we want in this life, no matter where it go, those spiritual battles are going to take place if you're trying to make it into that kingdom, you know, and we're going to have to bear with it. So I just wanted to throw that in there, that there's a way around it and it is definitely through Christ and he gives us that way, but we have to bear it. Uh -huh. Absolutely. Um, um, if I can, I want to go to uh, Romans 14. Romans 14 and pick it up at verse 13. Because I want to kind of get into when we're dealing with the fleshly mind, the spiritual mind, when we're dealing with, you know, this walk and, and making that decision that we constantly have to make. Which man we gonna which man are we gonna deal with? You know, um we have to also apply this again. We gotta look at our brother and sister. Because I think one thing that's really overlooked is how we affect or how the book calls it our meat, how our meat affects another brother or sister. Because we got a problem with saying, well, I ain't hurt nobody. But do you really know that? Mm -hmm. You know, people love to say that, you know, well, you know, I do this, I do that, but I ain't hurt nobody. But we all, we are all tied together. 
we are all interlinked. Anybody in your life that you have to deal with, you you link with that person some kind of way. Mm-hmm. And when we and when when we talking about the body of Christ, we talking about the congregation. We talking about we all link to each other, and we influence each other, no matter what we think. You know, you will be an influence to some brother or sister, and somebody is a uh, influence. You know, on you. Mm-hmm. You know, so we don't take into account a lot of times how we affect another people. And this, this again is what, what am I bringing out in you? You, my brother, you, my brother in Christ, am, am I bringing out the servant? When, when you with me, am I, am, am I helping to bring out the, 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 the spiritual man, the servant of God, or is my influence on you causing you to stumble, causing you to, uh, be, be carnal, you see what I'm saying? I, I have to I have to understand that. How am I affecting my brother with what I'm doing? And this is what Paul is talking about here in Romans 14. Uh, uh, Beniah, if you can uh, start at uh, Romans 14 and start at verse 13 for me. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. See, he he right off the that's good he he right off the he right off the top do not put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way i should not be coming to you putting something in front of you that i know may cause you to may cause you to fall may cause you to stumble may cause you to err make an error uh in judgment I shouldn't be putting that in front of you if I'm your brother. Mm-hmm. What I should be doing is trying to make sure that I don't put a stumbling block in front of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, verse 14. Go ahead, brother. Verse 14. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But if thou now, brother be- I, I know, I know. That's good. Now I know that this is a scripture that people use to to justify eating anything you want, but this really is not about food. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. This this whole this whole passage that we reading th- this ain't about this ain't about no lamb chops, <laughs> yes, sir. And, 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 yes, sir. And, and chicken wings. This, yes. Paul is talking about something far greater than just phys- physically eating a certain food. Mm-hmm. He 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 told you in the verse book in the verse above that about putting a stumbling block in front of your brother. So he said, look, it's nothing unclean of itself. Of course, God made every animal, every fish. He made it all. So no, it's just not unclean of itself because the Lord created it. But it was, it was, it was, it was God who said these are, the beasts you should eat and you shouldn't eat. Mm-hmm. These are the these are the the of the things that's in the sea. These are what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat. He did that. It wasn't no man that came up with the dietary law. That that was God's doing. He came up with a dietary law. So we're not talking about the dietary law. He's talking about something that a man deems to be unclean. 
because everybody has their own definition of something that's sin, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody got their own personal definition of, of, of right and wrong outside of what the word of God say. Mm-hmm. We all have our personal personal beliefs. This is what Paul is talking about. So, hey, if a man esteems something to be unclean, hey, to him, to him, it, it is unclean. But he's going he's gonna to go into it in verse 15, and, and he's trying to give us the the mindset we need to think about. Uh Ben and I read verse 15 and then and then pause then pause for me, okay? But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably, destroy not him with thy meat, for whom Christ died. Now you see what he's saying? If your brother is grieved with your meat, again, this ain't just talking about physical food this is talking about whatever it is Mm -hmm. whatever it is that you that you do in your own personal life if your brother is grieved with that he said you're not gonna walk uh, charitably in other words you ain't gonna walk in love you ain't gonna show your brother love don't destroy him with your meat Mm -hmm. for for who on christ died this ain't about barbecuing (laughs) this is about this is about you and your actions yes sir your behavior. If if, if if your behavior, if if you know if you have a certain behavior, a certain a certain way you like to live. If I if you know your brother is offended by it, you don't do it around that that brother. Mm-hmm. That brother might esteem that to be he might esteem that to be sin in his mind. He might esteem it to be unclean. It may not be unclean. It may not be sin according to the Bible. But your brother may look look at it. And not look at it in, in a good light, but that is your brother. Mm-hmm. Are we are we not gonna walk char- uh, charitably with our brother? So why am I gonna destroy him with my meat? Mm-hmm. I'm, I can't I, I I can't destroy you with my meat again because of uh, some 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 fleshly thing that I do. If I offend you with it and you and you just say forget it, I'm I'm gonna walk away from the word of God. You know. Uh, that's partly my fault now because I knew something of I knew something that I did or my meat was something that you just didn't look at kindly then I shouldn't have did it around you because you are my brother I'm not going to destroy you I'm not going to weaken your faith because of my meat uh, read that next verse brother Ben and I verse let 16 not- let not then your good be evil spoken of. Go ahead. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness uh-huh. and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in for he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Go ahead. Let us therefore follow after the things which make peace, which make for peace. And things wherewith one may edify another, for me and that to is destroy. the thing. And and that is the thing. We should we should be seeking the things that we may edify one another with, not seeking the things that we gonna destroy one another with. Verse twenty. For me to destroy, not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. Uh huh. He says so. Hey, it's evil for it is evil for the man who eateth with offense. Go ahead. 
It is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or is offended, or is made weak. That's good. So he said, look, it is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. In other words, whatever it is, if it's going to make your brother stumble, if it's going to make your brother, if it's going to offend your brother or it's going to make your brother weak, it's good to not do it. It's good not to do it. Is it a sin to eat meat, eat flesh? Of course not. Is it a sin to drink? Of course not. But if you offended by me drinking, then I'm not going to drink around you. If I know that you have a problem with drinking, why am I going to come to you and slap a fifth of whiskey on the table and say, hey, man, come on, let's 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 have some shots. What am I trying to do? If something that I eat offends you, then I'm not going to eat it around you. Right. Because or, or anything of, of, of that of that sort. Mm -hmm. and, and that's and that's the whole thing. Paul is trying to let you know, listen, we, we got to get out of that. It, it ain't just about how you how, how your own actions and words affect you. It's also about how you affecting your brother or your sister, because. If your meat is 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 causing a stump, putting a stumbling block in front of them and you you going to destroy them with your meat, then, you know, what does that say about you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because we supposed to be trying to help each other maintain that right frame of mind, that spiritual frame of mind. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We supposed to be giving each other wise counsel. Go ahead, Ben and I. Yeah. To add to that. um, when you're when you're dealing with the flesh and certain things that I read earlier or we even read earlier, which talked about the works of the flesh, which talked about what happens when you feed in the flesh, because either you're going to feed the flesh or you're going to feed the spirit. And we see the works of the flesh. If you keep indulging in them, whether it be fornication, adulteries, lasciviousness, idolatries, witchcraft, variance, emulations, all those things which are the works of the flesh, we know that they are against God. Not only that, when you feed it, it makes that flesh stronger. It makes you want to eat it even more, indulge in it more. Um, and then we were able to read in Proverbs where where the drunkard and the glutton, they're going to be clothed with rags. We see those personal implications. So when you feed in the flesh, you have personal implications. You have social implications, whereas you can cause your brother to stumble. And most importantly, you got spiritual ramifications because the Lord talks about how no, 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 no whoremonger, these people who indulge in the flesh, how they not going to have a part in the kingdom of God. And I wanted to go to uh, another scripture, Matthew 17, because either, either like this whole, like this whole discussion is either you're going to strengthen the spirit and weaken the flesh, or you're going to strengthen the flesh and weaken the spirit. So Matthew 17, um, somebody want to read uh, starting at verse 15. I'll jump in. Okay. And it says Matthew 17 and pick it up at verse 15. Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic, he is lunatic and sore vexed, for oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. 
and I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Uh -huh. Then Jesus answered and said, O oh, faithless and perverse generation, how, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus, now, go ahead. Now we have Jesus speaking. And this is Jesus, the one who makes who makes the ministering spirits and flame and his uh his servants a flame of fire. But this is Jesus who is the king of, of when you talk about uh strength in the spirit. He showed us what strength in the spirit is, but he called them faithless and perverse generation. Go ahead. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus uh -huh. said unto them, So now we're dealing, we dealing with strength in the spirit. Again, Hebrews 1 and 7, it talks about, we know this is Jesus, but, it's, but this is the one who made his angel spirits, his ministers of flame of fire. This is the king of spirits right here. This is the king of being strong in the spirit. And he said, they asked him, why couldn't we cast him out? Why couldn't we do this spiritual task? Again, we're dealing with strengthening the spirit and weakening the flesh. We know that dealing with strengthening the flesh, you're going to indulge in the desires of your flesh. But if you're going to strengthen the spirit, you got to indulge in something else. Go ahead. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. When you have How, a certain type of faith, nothing is impossible. Go ahead. Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. There's a certain level of faith that you cannot attain to. Until you really put away your flesh, not just put away uh, what you desire, not just put away what you desire to do, but even to the fact that you got to put away what you desire to consume. Mm -hmm. And this is just an example. This isn't uh, this isn't all encompassing of, of your entire walk. But this is just to show that sometimes that uh, this is like a plain example of you putting away the flesh in order to gain something in the spirit. When you're talking about fasting, you're talking about not eating. You're talking about not doing something in the flesh. And this is a clear-cut example of Jesus giving us instructions on how to increase something that's spiritual, how to increase strength in the spirit. He says sometimes, it's a certain, in fact, not even sometimes, he let us know concretely there's a certain level of faith that you cannot attain to until you pray and fast, until you weaken your flesh. Mm-hmm. So dealing with the entire conversation, which is strengthening the spirit and weakening the flesh, we got to look at putting away those things that our flesh wants to do. We read in Galatians what the works of the flesh are. We could read in Proverbs the things that happen when you uh, when you partake in the flesh. This is just personal and, and social, socially. But God is letting us know that you have to weaken your flesh, because if you don't, you're not going to gain the things that is needed for you to strengthen your spirit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 is it okay? Can I jump in? Do we got time still? 
Yes, sir. Go ahead. Uh, can we shoot over to Romans 8 real quick? Romans 8. Because this is going to, uh, you know, this will go good with what he's talking about right here. That we have to, you know, there's certain, there's a certain thing, there's a certain level of everything we can't accomplish. Not just, you know, uh, spiritually. There's, there's a certain level of success in life that you can't accomplish without God, you know. And if you accomplish it without God, then know that you've accomplished it to your own damnation, you know. Because if God ain't got a hand in it, it's probably going to destroy you in the end. So I wanted to pick it up at Romans uh, 8. And Brother Ahisamek, if you could jump in at verse 1 for me. Yes, sir. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So nobody can tell you anything when you follow in directions. When you're being obedient to Christ, he's not going to condemn you and no one else can. It may, others may try in the flesh. They may try to, but you ain't got to pay them no attention because if you're good with God, you're good all around. Keep going. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Because I surely ain't got to worry about falling in that fire for sure. If I'm following the laws and the, and the commandments of God that says that I'm following them into life. Keep going. For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemn sin in the flesh. So the law, the following the commandments in the flesh is not going to physically give you that transformation especially at the time when they were doing it but once christ came and he did what he had to do and he did his part in the mission and then when once we start being obedient to christ that opens the door now that is going to open the door to to overcoming this flesh keep going verse, verse four that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit Okay, so obviously, if, he, if we follow the righteousness of the, if the righteousness of the law is going to be fulfilled in us, and we're not walking after the flesh, then it tells you right there that the law is spiritual. Because if we're not walking in the flesh, and that's when the righteousness of the law is going to be fulfilled in us, then we're walking in the spirit, and that's why it says, uh, "Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit." Keep going. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Mm-hmm. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Whether it's I need a burger five times a day. Whether it's I can't stop looking at girls when they pass by. Whether it's I'm thinking about somebody I shouldn't be and my wife don't know about it. Whether it's, you know, whatever that, that hiccup is, when you're walking in the flesh, you're definitely contrary to the spirit. And and But keep going. He's going to break down even deeper. Verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So this is that's all we got to look forward to. When we're thinking about the flesh, when we're thinking like the flesh, when we're allowing the fleshy, the fleshful thoughts and the fleshful actions to manifest, it's going to bring death in every single which way, spiritually and physically. When you're eating all crazy about it, you're going to get sickness in the body. It's going to happen. Eventually, it's going to happen. You know, when you think, when, you, when you're trying to cross the lines of God in the flesh, it's going to bring, you can have an STD. You can, you know, if, if you talking bad about somebody you might get punched in the mouth by somebody but there's going to be physical consequences 
to when you let the flesh take over, not just spiritual consequences as well. But when you dealing with spiritual mindedness and you're thinking about the spiritual things and you keep your minds on spiritual things, then you're going to have life and peace peace. You're not going to worry about things. You're going to be smooth sailing. And I'm not saying that there won't be any tribulation, but there's definitely going to be a difference in the quality of life when you're doing right. Now keep on going. Verse seven. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Okay. It's, it's against God. It's, it's a, it's an enemy. It's enmity. It's, it's completely in contrary to God. So this flesh, when we can't control it, you are putting yourself against the most high at this moment. Keep going. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Okay, it, of course it's not subject to it. It's against it. It's contrary to it. It's the, the flesh will try to get you to break the commandments every single time. It can't do nothing for you. Now keep picking up at verse nine or verse eight. Keep going. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Cannot. We cannot. There's nothing that we can do to please God when we submit to the flesh, when we don't fight that spiritual fight, when we're not doing the, you know, keeping our mind on the spiritual things. We cannot please God. So unless you really, unless you're an atheist and don't care nothing about God and you going out of your way to offend God, if you have any thought in your mind about doing right, if you have any thought in your mind about making it to the kingdom, if you have any thought in your mind of living a, a life outside of this life and that better than this life, then you must be in a spiritual mind frame. You must not let the flesh take over because if you cannot please God, then you cannot make it in the kingdom. You know, uh, go ahead and pick up this last uh, verse nine real quick. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So if the spirit of Christ is not dwelling in you, then you're in trouble. And the spirit of Christ is this word. This is what the spirit of Christ is. This word from Genesis to Revelation. We eat this book. And when we take this book and we read this book and we apply this book, the spirit of God, the words that are in this book are going to start manifesting out of our lives if we keep our mind on it. When we're running into the situations every single day and we're faced with a situation that we have to try to consider, what would the Bible do? What would Jesus do? And we do that in real life. What would Jesus do? What does Jesus say about this? What is the master? What, what is his instructions on situations like this? What are the examples in the Bible on situations like this? What are the Proverbs? What are the Psalms? What, what are the red letters? We should keep our mind always on God. And that's how we overcome this flesh. Because every decision that we have to make in the flesh has a fleshly aspect of it. It's running through a fleshly mind. We're fighting a fleshly body and fleshly thoughts and fleshly lusts. So we must keep our mind on the book. So this is something that I wanted to point out, brother, because it, I think it was relevant to the fight between the spirit and the flesh that we can't let this flesh win man we got to actually fight this fight and if we don't if we fall you know we're not going to be able to please god we're not going to be able to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish and all our all our talk is in vain if we can't do what we need to do and get out of this flesh here all right that's 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 absolutely true brother um yeah go I, ahead brother willing uh i actually got one more scripture and you know uh this is, you know, I know we read a lot of scripture, you know, uh, out of the New Testament, but I wanted to read this one from um, uh, one of the, from the Old Testament, man. And uh, 
it's a, a great example, man, as how, like, you know, I stated in those other scriptures um, uh, about they wasn't invested in nothing here. You know what I'm saying? And they wasn't invested in all the investments were in the, the thus said the Lord, man. This it's uh it's 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 the prophet Daniel, man. Uh it's Daniel six chapter. Daniel six chapter. And uh I just see this brother and I'm amazed at his investments in the Lord. This man was invested heavy, man. He was all in. His investments in him was truly deep. And just just one example. And the brother went from administration to administration, and he still was thus said the Lord was everything to him. I mean, just uh, it is an amazement. And I ain't gonna try to be long. It's a couple of scriptures in here that I want to point out, um, but I ain't gonna try to be long, man. Um, and it's Daniel the sixth chapter, and um uh, uh Daniel six, and actually uh verse one. Now I'm gonna skip around a little bit. Um, to try to get this point through really quick um, before we wrap this up. Uh, Daniel 6 and uh, verse 1. Benel, can you read that for me, brother? It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom and 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give account unto him and the king should have no damage. Okay, and, and that's, that's big. So the man is president over, over 120 presidents. These ain't regular people. This, this dude got, got, got chief under administration of the Gentiles. He got, he got a good position. Go ahead and keep reading. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him and the king thought to set him over the whole realm now daniel over the whole realm because he had an excellent spirit in him and that, and that just that, that's a big statement because the spirit and what god had given this gentile man seen and he said man i'm gonna put this man over the whole realm keep reading Four, then the presidents and princes thought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find none occasion for fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. And, and that's, the a big, I'm sorry, that's a big statement because now people looking at him and the jealousy creep in. The other thoughts, Daniel is doing work in the spirit and they thinking about the the flesh about carnal things, and we kind of been touching on that all this, 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 this time. But this is an example of somebody in that lane. Skip down to verse seven, brother, and continue read. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors, and the princes, the counselors, and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petitions of any god or man for 30 days, save thee, O king, she shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now, it's going to change real quick. 
Because Daniel didn't run from it. He embraced it. Verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon the knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. And that's a huge statement. That's a huge statement. The man seeing that they hate on me and the king then signed this decree. I ain't going to run from it. I'm going to break mm-hmm. My my investments ain't in this flesh. It's in forever. And that's a total different approach. That's a total different mindset. Now skip down to verse 13. Then answered they and said before the king that Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Mm -hmm. Then the king when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself mm-hmm. and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him, and he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. And this is kind of trippy, too, because the, the king loved Daniel, was trying to deliver yeah. It displeased him. He wasn't even in the, the flesh. He was in the spirit. That's, that's mind-blowing. The man wanted to deliver, but they forcing his hand. Because he loved him. He set this man over the whole round now. He was preferred above all the people. But this go down and he laboring to deliver. Now skip down to um, uh, verse 16 and read, brother. Then the king commanded and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. Now, that even let me know, he, he ain't say he can, or he, he said he will, he, he had, Darius had faith that he going to deliver you. He, he, he going to deliver you. You know what I'm saying? Skip down to verse 18. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him and his sleep went from him. Mm-hmm. So he, then, that's his, that's his, he, he fasted. Because it meant he don't want nothing to happen to him. He don't want no music. This ain't no time for joking. This ain't none of that. He he in a different mindset because, hey, man, this is God. And he want to see him deliver. He don't want nothing to happen to him. Go ahead and read verse 19. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste into the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Mm-hmm. Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. Big statement. My God. Has- These are big statements in this fleshly battle, in this walk. Because the king come with a lamentable voice. With, with with this in his mind, like man, this I'm uh, I'm up early going to the lions den to see if my servant, but the servant of the Lord, is he delivered? Is he delivered? And then mm-hmm. they like, okay, live forever. Go ahead and, and keep reading verse twenty two. My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lions' mouths that they have not hurt me, for as much as before him innocence he was found in me. 
and also before thee, O king, I have done no hurts. And that's that's huge. Can't did nothing to offend God. Can't do nothing to offend the king. Can't do nothing to offend them brothers or those people who came against them with false accusations and was trying to make occasion and accuse them or something. He did nothing to nobody. He didn't know. He was his hands was clean. Go ahead and keep reading. Verse 23, then the king exceedingly glad for him. Then was the king exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. Mm -hmm. And the king commanded and they brought those men which had accused Daniel and they cast them into the den of lions, them their children and their wives and the lions had the mastery of them and break all their bones in pieces or ever they came at the bottom of the den. Mm -hmm. And this is what we was kind of talking about when Brother Obi read those scriptures about how you seeing some stuff with a person and you offended. They was just mad at and didn't like them. They just didn't like them. So they, oh man, we ain't gonna find no problem but against, you know, him and the law of his God. And uh -huh. then that, now we're going to make this law and we're going to do all this, but they got their reward. Their reward came when they was trying to lay a trap in a pit for somebody else. They got a reward. Their reward was death. And not just to them, but their kids got death because they was doing what, uh, uh, what they thought was right. Their wives got it. Everything they had went into that pit with them lions. And the, them lions... Uh -huh had the mastery of it. It, it. They didn't come out alive. That's good. That that was a good scripture, though, um, seeing how Daniel didn't have his worship, which which really was the, the, the whole the whole point of uh, Brother Hissamak going to the going to that verse. You know, he opened his doors and he still prayed to his God out in the open even though he knew that decree came down that anybody caught praying to another God, except for the King, you know, was to be killed. Mm -hmm. So his, his investment wasn't in, even though he had that big position, mm -hmm. he had the big position still. That wasn't his life. His life was still dedicated wholly to serving his God. Yes, sir. Because he 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 was he he was he was truly in 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 the spirit. He was operating in the spirit, even though the position he had in the kingdom of the Medes and the Persians granted him probably whatever whatever uh, 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 fleshly things he wanted. Yes, sir. But he was still even even having that position and having that power and authority. He still was a servant of God. That that spiritual mind was the mind he he was dealing with, and uh, you know that's that's what Brother Hissamak was talking about. You know, totally being invested, one hundred percent. You know, you one hundred percent dedicating your life to the God of Israel and to serving Him. So, uh, I want to thank all the listeners uh, for joining us here on another edition of the Biblical Resolutions Podcast. Uh, we hope that you would continue to support the podcast and support the ministry at the House of Jacob Bible Study Class. Um, 
May the Lord be merciful on all of us, and may he teach us his righteousness. In Jesus' name.